Welcome to Fuel Your Drive. Welcome to Fuel Your Drive, guys. I am your host, Josh York, and we have another incredible episode today. Guys, today's guest, I'm telling you, he's a rock star. He's a one percenter. He's a national franchise broker, broker, investor, author of an incredible book. I read it. I really like it international speaker. He's ran a Inc. 500 franchise company. He's also a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he's just incredible on so many levels. And I'm very excited for you, my listeners, to learn from him. So make sure you listen. So guys, please welcome my friend, John Austinson. John, welcome to the podcast. Very excited to have you here. Josh, thank you for the kind words. Really appreciate it. And uh, excited to be here with you. Listen, man, let's get started. Let's get right into it. So you know, I want everyone to first understand. So obviously, you know, I'm in franchising. John is also in franchising. And I've been I've been like kind of like I and John for a long time. I, I know he's a top producer. He you know, he's he, he, he's meeting with a lot of people who are going into business and he does a very good job at it. But before we kind of get into those details, John, maybe like just give a brief overview of a little bit about your background, how you got into franchising and um, what makes you so successful? Because I know, but I want everyone else to know. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, like so many of your listeners, you know, I spent many years in the corporate world, you know, building someone else's empire and really had a great run. Could have done that forever. And, uh, you know, very grateful for the experiences we had, but I had that itch to do something a little more entrepreneurial. Didn't know what it looked like. Didn't have that great, you know, strategic technology idea or what have you that, that somebody run off and chase and uh, really fell into franchising. So it left a Large public company, uh, Inc., uh, uh, fast-growing company a while back in the public sphere and stepped in as president of Shelf Genie Franchise System, which was a fast-growing franchise system, had the opportunity to come in and support our owners all across North America on a day-in, day-out basis and uh, you know lead the teams in doing that. And for me, that was a light bulb moment. The, this franchise model, I just got to see firsthand how it works so well for so many people of diverse backgrounds. And so ended up partnering with the founder and we spun off and we've invested in franchises ourselves over time and uh, partnered with other guys and invested in franchises. So like you said, multi-brand franchising on that front. And I think those two lenses, the franchise or franchisee, give me a lot of perspective that I'm able to bring to our clients today. And I love what I do. I get to help people step into business ownership, either for the first time or maybe it's, you know, building into their existing portfolio. And uh, I'll say this, Josh, and I think you would agree. You know, franchising is not right for everyone. You know, some people are too entrepreneurial and can't follow a system. But for so many, and I would argue the majority of people out there, it is a better path. I agree. Let's talk about that though, because it's so funny. That's literally what I was going to actually go into for the next question. So. I when when I meet with candidates because I do jump on a call to introduce myself at, at at a point during the process and when I do, you know, I explain everything about franchising and what it takes to be successful because a lot of people do think that you could just open up a franchise and you're just going to make money. Now, part of that can be true, but a lot of that is not true unless you are actually taking action and you are following the system. So let's talk about that because you know uh, I'm sure you heard the term of an entrepreneur. And you have an entrepreneur now. Entrepreneurs, you know, very similar to an entrepreneur. And many, there's many entrepreneurs out there. And franchising is a great solution because you got lots of people making millions of dollars a year in franchising as as a franchisee. So let's let's touch on that because I think it's very important for people to understand. Yeah, you know, I think standing up a business, whether it be franchise or non-franchise, it, it takes work and it takes good people. And so, um, you know, with franchising, you know, not all franchisors are created equal. I mean, I'd say you are a top-tier franchisor in the way you support your franchisees. You know, that that's what I tell all of my clients. You know, we, you want to plug in with a good system, but 
you know, franchising, all of a sudden you have this built-in team, right? That, you know, the franchisor is supporting you. You're in business for yourself and not by yourself to be ultra cliche. But, you know, some of the benefits that I see franchising offering, you know, first off, you know, you have to stay within the lines. You can't go too crazy. That would be the downside. But the upside is you've got a playbook from day one that you're able to go execute against. You're not questioning product market fit, but it, it, you're able to step in and, and make it happen. You're able to um, derive best practices from other franchise owners. You know, you're constantly sharing with them. You know, they're living the same thing day in, day out. You've got that franchisor who's like a coach on the sidelines. The better you do, the better they do. So you have aligned interest. Um, you know, sometimes you can get collective bargaining power over outside vendors or, you know, suppliers. And so, you know, it, a lot of benefits. And one thing that's really interesting, Josh, is that there's been research done to show when you go to sell the business down the line, you know, franchise businesses oftentimes trade at a higher multiple than non-franchised in the same industry. So you're just building this value. And I think it allows you also to build a portfolio of businesses over time. A lot of our clients will build out these portfolios that either serve to diversify or maybe even complement each other. Um, so it could be a great building block. That's great. So let, let's talk about fear because, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer that fear is the greatest indicator to do it. Now, the majority of people are soft, weak, Hold like cheap chairs. They 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 don't take action. They don't want to go after it. And I know for a fact, without even asking you, we haven't even had this conversation. I know everyone is 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 scared, and I'm sure you deal with that a lot. How do you handle that, and what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it comes up in, in all walks of life. I'm coaching a sixth grade basketball team later this afternoon, and you know, one thing I have to tell my son consistently is, hey, don't play scared. You know, go out there and make it happen. And I tell them it's okay to feel fear. I used to feel fear when the pressure you know, when the pressure was on in an athletic situation. But you know, it's not the who was the JFK said courage is not the absence of fear, but it's essentially embracing the fear and doing it anyway. So I totally agree with you. And you know, I mean, there's rational fear and irrational fear, and obviously there's calculated risk and uncalculated. So um, yeah, everyone's situation is different. Everyone's uh, propensity to entrepreneurship and what they perceive as taking a risk is different. Everyone's got a different spouse or no spouse, you know, that may be supportive on the back end. So yeah, there's a lot of dynamics at play, but I'd say, um, you know, I always tell clients, Hey, this is a very normal feeling. If you weren't feeling this, I'd be concerned. But, you know, I think when you really step back and logically put it on paper, yeah, stepping into business ownership, that can be seen as taking a risk. Staying working for someone else could be seen as taking a risk too. You have a whole lot less control. I mean, they could fire you on whim right tomorrow. So, um, <clears throat> that, that's how I think about it. I think once we start playing out the logic with clients, then at least gives them different paradigms through which to view it. That's great. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. So, you know, it's funny. So I talked to so many different potential new franchise owners and um, I always hear a lot of people say, man, I never thought I'd be buying into a fitness franchise, you know, cause people are very like used to hearing the, the typical food franchises, right? And, you know, I have many successful seven-figure earners, many in my system, and we're creating more and more each and every day, and it's very exciting. So how do you how do you know how to pair someone with the right franchise, number one? Number two, how do you know, like, when, when you're with that candidate, because they might be saying, oh, John, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And, you know, you're like the doctor, right? So they're coming to you almost like they have a cold and they're looking for an answer to, to get better. How are you making them better and guiding them so they have a clear picture? Because I hear it all the time. You know, I was thinking about opening up, you know, a Chick-fil-A. I was thinking about opening up McDonald's because that's what they're familiar with. And I know your your specialty is in this. Yeah, no, I wrote a book called Non-Food Franchising. And 
got nothing against the food guys. We definitely need them and we support them on the consumer side. But when it comes to ownership, I think there are easier ways to make money. And I'm happy to go down that path and, and share why. But um, you know, oftentimes when people say fast franchising, they think fast food. And yet there's this world of opportunities out there. You know, probably half of the 4,000 franchise brands in the U.S. are in areas outside of food. And you know, we work with over 600 of what we would consider the best fast-growing franchises out there. You know, but get, at any given time, there's probably 50 or 60 that I feel are the best of the best that have the leadership teams in place. You know, that's going to be your business partner. They've got the financial models, the competitive advantages, the differentiators in their industry. So ones that we're proud to put in front of our clients. And you know, I won't be so prescriptive to say, hey, here's the one you should go with. But what I would say is, hey, if you live in Chicago on the you know northwest suburbs, you know, here are the 10 that if I'm in your shoes, I would want to be looking at with some good diversification across industries. And to your point, very oftentimes people are getting involved in businesses they have zero experience in. Now, there are very transferable skill sets. And we talk about that. We talk about the characteristics of the business. But you know, I've got an investment banker that's buying a dog training franchise in Salt Lake City right now. I've had doctors that have bought dumpster companies and you know, had a, a Wall Street attorney that recently bought a uh, gutter business. You know, I've had clients get into fitness. You know, everyone has passion about health and wellness, but sometimes they don't know how to play that out. I love your model because it doesn't require that huge infrastructure investment. Um, but no, it's 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 it, the industries we focus on. It's things that people will spend on regardless of the economy. It's their kids, their pets, their aging parents, their homes, and their health, which I know is your specialty. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's fantastic. Um, so <clears throat> I know we. I, I know this is, is is a very powerful topic in the industry when when speaking about franchising, and it's crazy when you when you hear this. But ninety six, so ninety six percent of people never hit a million dollars in revenue. It's crazy. That's that's a real stat. And I hear a lot of people in franchising, especially when they come in, everyone's always like, "How much money can I make? How much money can I make?" And picking back on what you just said, obviously with with our model, because of the fact, you know, there's no brick and mortar. Like, where do you kind of gear, like, you know, gear when you gear up for, for pointing in the right direction, you know, a brick and mortar versus like a service based type of business? Like, how, how do you kind of look at those? Because I always say we live in a world of convenience, right? I'm sure everyone listening to this call is ordered off Amazon a minute ago, an hour ago, a week ago. And, you know, that's just the world we live in. And, you know, you think about like everyone wants speed, right? You know, like Amazon's delivering packages now, like the same day. Sometimes I get it in like an hour. So how do you guide someone in that? And how do you stay within, you know, obviously the world trends of what's happening? You know, you hear people talk about artificial intelligence and all this stuff. Like, how do you position for that? Because, you know, I'm just I think it's just nice to hear your insight on that. Yeah. You know, I think where are people coming from? So, you know, coming out of COVID, I'd say a lot of people had time to question the path they're on. So you saw a lot of people exiting the corporate world, you know, wanting to still work remotely, let's say, and they don't want to go back in the office. You know, we've seen a lot of real estate investors coming over of late, uh, you know, aren't too many good real estate deals to be had out there, you know, to be candid right now. Yeah. And so, you know, I think some of that colors their, their perspective, but, um, you know, I have some clients that are adamant about, you know, being service-based and non-brick and mortar. I have others that like the brick and mortar side. So with a service-based business, I'd say in some respects, it's maybe um, more relationship oriented, a little more sales oriented. Yep. Uh, the uh, brick and mortar is a little more transaction oriented, maybe marketing drove someone in and you know, yep. there's not that much that sales component. So depending on the person's background, also depending on investment level, obviously brick and mortar tends, you know, especially if it's customer facing retail, it's going to be a higher price point, um, you know, longer time, most likely to break even and kind of get up to speed. 
I'm personally invested in a brick and mortar franchise and in multiple non brick and mortar franchises. So um, I'd say investment level plays a big piece there. The industry they're interested in, um, you know, I mentioned property services. That's a huge one. Home services. Most of those are not retail based. They're more yeah. service oriented. Now, I think what I like about what you guys do is in your space, most everyone is, you know, has a physical location, but you, you don't have to. So you're really standing out, differentiated. In there, and we talk about what are the the global trends. You know, I, I think, you know, obviously you have an aging population. Obviously, convenience, which you just hit on. You yeah. know, we've been talking about a recession for ten years. What if it does turn soft? What will people keep spending on? We talk yeah. about being AI resistant, Amazon resistant. Yep. You know, pandemic resistant. So that's how we think about it. All good stuff. So now I'm like trying to think from my listeners' side here. Now someone's listening to you and be like, "Man, this guy John's really dropping a lot of bombs. I love what he's saying." Maybe I should. And again, listen, guys, I do this for you. I don't care. You don't have to buy a gym guys franchise. Make sure you guys understand this correctly. But you might want to reach out to John and you might be on the fence right now. Remember, don't let that fear get into you. But like, what would you say to that person listening right now saying, you know what? You're right, because I feel like people don't like you and I've been doing this a long time. and We're around this. So we understand a little bit more. But like, I think I think a big problem is people think they're so secure where they are. And like something might just not happen or a company might not just run out of money or artificial intelligence will wipe them out. And they live in this security blanket. And I always say suffering every day is the greatest thing to do because you need to be uncomfortable because that's how you're going to continue to grow. And when you live in discomfort and do challenging things, it makes those things much easier on a daily basis, especially operating a business. But that person who's sitting down right now saying, wow, maybe I should entertain this. What are you telling that person to get them over the finish line? They'll still be nervous, which is normal, which we talked about. I say the same thing, right? But give them a little bit more comfort to be like, you know what? Let me reach out to John. John can assist me and guide me here. And trust me when I tell you guys, I would not have John on my podcast if he's not a true professional. So what would you tell that person, John? Yeah, you know, I think the the downside and the cost to entry of the exploration process is very low. It's entirely free for our clients. I'm a real estate broker representing you know, yeah. acting on your behalf, you'd never pay me a nickel. We, we get funded by the franchise brands. We get a referral fee on the back end if the placement happens. So there's no cost to you. But I do think, you know, maybe take a first step. You know, I would certainly encourage people to read our book, Non-Food Franchising. It's about 100 pages, very easy read, but we pack a lot of content in there. I think that could be a good primer to kind of get your mind and going and the juices flowing around the types of businesses. But, you know, too many people create analysis, you know, paralysis, sitting on the sidelines without ever even putting a toe in the water. And so I think yep. let's get in the game. Let's look at real opportunities. And I've done enough of this. We we do a lot of volume. We get to see firsthand what's resonating with different backgrounds and why. So I'm going to show you opportunities that are available in your area that I think could be a good fit for you based on what you share with me, based on what we see with others. And we just see those light bulb moments happen. It's the one that was number three in your mind going into the having conversations that you end up going with more oftentimes than the one, one that was number one. So I think keeping an open mind, being ready for those light bulb moments and you know, get off the sidelines. 100%. 100%. I couldn't agree more. So now what, what are some things you enjoy to do when you're not working? Like what is, what, what's, tell, tell us a little bit about John's life. You know, I know you have a, a beautiful family. Like let's touch on that. Yeah. You know, coaching basketball this afternoon. I love doing that. Love getting outside, swimming with the family. Uh, we travel a lot. We were at the beach last week for Thanksgiving. Um, we went to Costa Rica as a family earlier this year. My took my took my wife to Ireland this year, so it's it's been a good travel year. But no, we stay active and uh, you know pr pretty involved in some nonprofits that we believe in, and uh, 
uh, you know, try to be good stewards of, of our resources and here in the community. So um, very active in the school uh, based on our three young kids as well. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about the kids because I'm very big on like leadership and leading by example. And, you know, I always, I always say this all the time, like I, my kids, like I don't tell them to do anything. They just do, they just follow what daddy does. So like, you know, cause I, th- these are important traits, like not just if they want to go into business, but just to have a successful life and, and, and be a true leader. Right. So like, you know, you, you said something really great earlier. You said, you know, I tell, I tell my son, don't, don't, don't play scared. And that's so true. But like, wh- what are some other things you do on a leadership side? Because, you know, that's important and people need to know what it takes to be a good leader. Cause I feel look, the world needs a lot more, you know, we need stronger leaders in, in, in our world. And I feel like there's not as much strong as there should be and, and more polished, solid people. And how do you kind of, you know, position that with your children? Yeah, to, to kick it off, to be cliche, you know, the days are long, the years are short. My oldest is 12, you know, then we have a seven-year-old daughter and then a five-year-old son. And, you know, th- there are moments when I have that realization that, hey, life's going by fast. And, you know, I think on the financial investment side, you know, I'm very good from a compound mindset, um, you know, even on the business side. I'd say, sharing with a friend recently, I think on the family side, you know, recognizing that time I put into my family is an investment and not spending time, but investing time. I think those small deposits every day because oftentimes it's easy to go a day or two without xyz and um see so yeah, i i totally agree with you josh on on the setting example you know things are you know caught not taught um yes. and so you know also as a father my, my words carry a lot of weight so i'm constantly trying to refresh my mind on on how i need to interact and how i need to show up to support them and recognizing children are all wired differently and they're all in different seasons, and this season two will pass. And so we're trying to give grace to my sixth grade son right now. Middle school is an interesting time. First kid in the class with a girlfriend. Girlfriend, her father actually happens to be the, I won't say this publicly, one of the largest franchise food uh, companies out there, CEO of the whole company. And so like this is a very well-known entity. And so, you know, there's just that unique dynamic plus school plus uh, sports and uh, trying to keep his head straight and sixth graders are weird to begin with. And uh, <laughs> but one, one realization I had recently, I like to fix things. I've been trying to fix him. It, you know, some areas that I saw improvement for. Yep. And what I've told myself and realized is I've got to work on myself first and that'll Bingo. help fix him. Bingo. That is, say that again. I want people to hear that because that's so spot on and so powerful, man. That, that was like the biggest nugget of this episode. Say that one more time. You can't fix others till you fix yourself. And for me, there's a you know faith-based component to that as well. Um, you know, that kind of plays along with that. But um, yeah, I think it's that realization that hey, you can't take the speck out of someone else's eye until you get take it out of your own. That is so powerful. Man. Listen, man, someone reached out to me not too long ago and said, Listen, you know, um, you know, I really admire you and you know, I watch a lot of your videos, I like your content. You know, I'm trying to help my kids, they don't listen to me. And I asked him, I said, can I please answer you in like an honest answer without you getting upset? Because sometimes the truth hurts. He said, yes. I said, you know, I looked through your page. I've I seen a lot of stuff. Would you listen to yourself? And you see the dots like he's starting to type and then you see it stopped. He answered about six hours later and he said, no, I wouldn't. Wow. Wow. And he said, you're right. Thank you. That was the, he said, literally, thank you so much. I'm going to change myself. And I know for a fact, I haven't received it yet, but I know for a fact, I will get a message from this person at some point that he turned, he changed himself and turned his life around. And 
that in return will will fall right down and lead right into his kids. And that is so powerful. So guys, listen to what John just said is it is the most powerful thing ever. You know, you are an example in every single aspect of your life. And that's not just for your kids. That's for everyone, especially if you want to go into business. Good leaders always create other good leaders and you got to be that leader and you got to lead by example. And, you know, like I don't I never expect anything. I don't expect people to buy me gifts. I don't expect people to say, oh, Josh, you take care of this. I'm the leader. I always expect to eat last. Always. I am always making sure I provide and I take care of my team first because that's number one, the most important thing, just like you take care of your family first. Right. And um, man, that's powerful. That's powerful. But before we wrap up. And Josh, let me let me add one thing to that. Coming off Thanksgiving last week, we had a full circle moment as a family. I'm the oldest of four. You know, everyone's done pretty well career-wise at this stage and has families of their own. But ready for my dad to retire. He's had to continue working, just has never quite got, gotten there financially. We we're able to sit down with him at the beach last week and lay out a plan for him to be able to retire a year from now where we're providing you know, some significant financial support and other you know kind of support going forward. They received it well. It, it felt so good. And looking back, yeah, you know, they never had the finances, but they raised us. You know, they had integrity. They had, you know, God, faith, family. You know, things that mattered that embedded in us. And now we're able to return the favor to them. So, um, I'd say no matter what situation you're in, look at what you can do with what you have. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. Very well said. And John, last question before we wrap up. I always like to ask this question. If you were doing this interview, what question would you have asked? And then you can answer it. And that's a tough one. People always kind of stop and think about that. But I like it because it makes people think. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about what's your favorite book or what have you been learning recently? You know, one thing that I was asked recently is, you know, if you had a piece of advice to, to give to anyone, just a generic piece of advice, it's kind of been true in your career, maybe one or two pieces, what would it be? And for me, I once had a mentor say activity breeds activity. And so, again, and to me, what that means is Love that. if I'm sitting on the couch looking at option A and option B, I can overthink it for a while. But what I found is if I start moving in either direction to option A or option B, oftentimes option C comes out of left field. And so I think an object in motion stays in motion. And so I think I mean, this is what you preach as well. You know, hey, get out there, take a step, get active, and good things happen. 100%. Couldn't said it better. Action takers are the money makers. And the whole uh, analysis by paralysis thing is going to kill you. You just need to take action. And sometimes, I tell people this all the time, 90, probably 90% of some of the biggest deals I've closed on to this day, I didn't know what I was doing. I always say yes and figure it out after. I've called people randomly and told them that I'm in their area next week. Can we hang out, you know, connect so you build good relationships? I wasn't even planning on going there. And I just booked the flight. After. <laughs> like, that's how you got to do things. But that's that's what makes the magic happen. And um, relationship capital is everything. But, John, please, first off, guys, please, before John lets you know where you could find him, you got to check out his book. Uh, his, his book is incredible. Uh, non-food franchising, make sure you pick it up. It's a quick read and it's a very valuable read. But John, where can people find you, learn more about you and you know, reach out to you if they're interested in learning more about a franchise opportunity? Yeah, you know, I, I put a lot of content out on LinkedIn. That's kind of been the preferred social platform. So connect with me out there. But you know, come out to our website, franbridgeconsulting.com, franbridgeconsulting.com. And um, yeah, sign up for a free copy of our book. You know, just share your email address. You know, we'll reach out with an audio version as well as a downloadable version. Certainly, if you'd prefer to buy the book online on Amazon, all the profits go to Hope International, a great nonprofit that we support, um, which I'd love to talk more about in some other episode. But um 
yeah, get a free copy of the book. And, uh, you know, if you're ready to take a next step and have a call, entirely no obligation, but just let my assistant know that when she reaches out and we'll go from there. Beautiful. Listen, before we jump, I, I actually am interested now. So guys, hold on one second. Let's talk about that organization. That sounds pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, Hope International, global organization, supports entrepreneurs throughout the world. And my son and I went on a mission trip last summer with them down to the Dominican. And you know, oftentimes, all these people need is a small micro loan. And so they're providing the funding. They create savings communities, wow. allows people to buy inventory for their little store or to buy cows from which they can produce milk for their community and create a business and sustenance you know, for their family as well going forward. So um, it's amazing what a little can do and how it really gets multiplied and um I mean, it's just very well vetted, great organization. It is a faith-based organization, um, but there's a hand up versus a handout mentality, if you will. Oh, I love that. Well, guys, make sure you check that out too. That's incredible. And John, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Uh, I know we're going to get a lot of great information from it. Uh, We've got a lot of education for our listeners, but listen, guys, if you are seriously interested, remember, you're not paying John anything, Okay. John is giving his time and trying to help you. So reach out to him if you are interested in learning more about a franchise opportunity. Not Jim, guys. Any franchise. John represents hundreds and hundreds of them. And um, guys, remember, until next time, please remember to fuel your drive. See you.